It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. And woohoo, it is Friday. So, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We need to be having conversations about what's going on out there. And be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails, AmeriChicks.com forward slash Kim. We're going to have a big announcement this weekend in our, our Sunday newsletter. And so, you'll want to make sure that you do that. Thrilled to have in studio with me a marvelous millennial, and that is Cassie George. You are the uh, producer and co-host of Rush to Reason in the afternoon. Yes, I am. So with John uh, Rush and Dan Muir, and we are on from 3 to 7 every day on KLZ. That's for sure. So thanks for getting up early and coming in. Yeah, it is an early morning. I don't know how you do this every day. Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, you but, know, and you kind of like push your alarm. Or you're like, oh, I can get ready in ten minutes. I, I, I know. Like, I've never been able to do that. Why should I be able to do it now? Right. So. Well, you, why should? <laughs> you know, Kim, her her assignment in the afternoons is is to be the rose between two thorns. Well, she well, does a true. really good job on that, Steve. And thank you to you, producer Steve, to Zach, to Patty, and to Keith. Um, really appreciate all the hard work on making this whole thing work. And uh, let's, uh, well, we're going to talk about uh, some headlines in this uh, first segment. Second segment, we're going to have a former Deputy Secretary of State, Suzanne Steyert, join us. Yesterday, I talked with Jan Cook about a couple of really bad boy pieces of legislation that's coming through. One is uh, Senate Bill 19235. That's what we talked about yesterday. Today, we'll talk about Senate Bill 232, which in essence, I think, allows the Secretary of State to be able to weaponize her office Mm -hmm. against political opponents. And then we'll talk about some more uh, headlines and some, I want to pick your brain on a couple Mm -hmm. of, or a couple of things in segments three and four. And uh, so let's jump in here. Uh, First thing, our, our quote for inspiration today. Uh, And this is Maggie Thatcher. And she basically has said, let me get right to it. She says, every day, plan your work for today and every day, then work your plan. Mm. You know, and I think that life will take care of itself. So that's yeah. Maggie Thatcher. Again, she says, every day, plan your, or plan your work for today, and every day, then work your plan. So that's Maggie Thatcher. What do you think? I like it. You like it? Okay. And then uh, for our funnies today, <laughs> I've got one for you. Are you ready? Steve, is the drummer ready? Yeah, he, we've been talking, and he, he, he said, you know, I don't mind doing this gig, but I'm waiting for some real, real humor. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you want to. That, that speak really to him. hurts. That really hurts. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, we'll try it here. We'll see what he thinks about this. Okay, Cassie. I heard about this archaeologist from New York. Mm-hmm. He dug down ten feet and found traces of copper wiring dating back a hundred years. He concluded that New Yorkers had a telephone network over a hundred years ago. Not to be outdone, an archaeologist from California dug down twenty feet and found copper wiring dating back two hundred years. He concluded that Californians had a massive communication network 100 years before the New Yorkers. Hearing these reports, Bubba from Texas dug down 30 feet on his farm and found absolutely nothing. 
he concluded that 300 years ago, Texans had already gone wireless. <laughs> okay. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. I like the title of that book. It's pretty... You know, yeah, I kind of saw it and I was like, wow, what does Kim read? And then I saw the joke part. Yeah, it's <laughs> jokes. That's for sure. So, okay. Um, want to just mention Vino and Veritas. As many of you know, we are doing a study of the Federalist Papers. You probably read the Federalist Papers. I did. I read them in high school and college. So you but read them twice? don't quiz me on them. <laughs> they are, they're foundational, though. They make mm-hmm. the case for the Constitution. Yeah, a lot of people have no idea that they even exist. So. And Dr. Cranowitter said for many years... Uh, like through the first half of the 20th century, it wasn't even being taught mm-hmm. in colleges. And it's still probably not taught that much in colleges. Yeah, I mean, I only, I only read them because I took political science. So, Well, everybody should read them because it makes the case for the American idea. So we have, uh, we have two. We have Vino and Veritas in Centennial at Water's Edge Winery. And then we just started the one in Castle Rock. And that is co- at Colorado Cork and Keg. And uh, then we will be hopefully starting our one in northern Colorado in May. So if you would like more information on that, go to americhicks.com forward slash vino. And uh, you can get on the wait list. And uh, Bethany, who is, is uh, Dr. Ken Witter's uh, right-hand woman, she'll get some information out to you on that. Our presenting sponsor for Vino and Veritas in February was Susan Kochevar the owner of the Historic 88 Drive-In Theater. And spring is here. Uh, the uh, Historic 88 Drive-In Theater is officially open. And what a great evening under the stars. Susan has the best popcorn in town. Currently showing is Shazam, a movie about a streetwise 14-year-old foster kid who can turn into a superhero. Captain Marvel and Isn't It Romantic? So for more information, check out 88drivein.net. That's 88drivein.net. And let's jump into some of these headlines here. Uh, first of all, in the state... Um, let's see, Becker and Winter. Now, I can't remember if they are representatives. Let's check here, or senators. Uh, okay, Representative Casey Becker and Senator Faith Winter have introduced legislation that would give XL Energy a green light and blank check to prematurely close existing uh, coal-fired power plants and replace them with expensive intermittent resources, such as wind and solar, and then force captive electric ratepayers to pick up the tab with interest for this massive fuel switching scheme and workforce transition plans. Can you believe it? I mean, it sounds like it might work. Well, it sounds like it's going to be real <laughs> it expensive. It sounds like it's going to be terrible. So It's going to be really, really expensive. You know, Cassie, what we are seeing here in Colorado with the radical progressive activists mm-hmm. that have taken over, I sh- we should probably call them the radical regressive Uh, Yeah, there's nothing progressive about it. I mean, forcing people to do things. I mean, that's essentially what it is, especially with this, you know, the energy bills and stuff, you know, that they Mm want to put in all this wind and solar. And that's great. If I want to go and put solar panels on my house, good. I have the choice to do that. But forcing everyone to do stuff like that is... I mean, that's, you've nailed how it. is that progressive at all? It, it is regressive. It regresses back to the, the time where people used force to yeah. control other people. So we're, you know what? We're going to start calling them the radical regressive activists that are now in office in the, mm-hmm. in the governor's seat and uh, that have taken over both the Senate and the um, 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 representative, you know, the House here. And, um, you know, if, in fact, they would have run. Mm-hmm. Uh, on what they were going to do. I don't think that they would have gotten elected because it is absolutely astonishing. But we are seeing the new Green Deal. It is being implemented right here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have a uh, friend, I won't say the company that he uh, works for, but um, well, he's, he is the significant other of one of my really good friends, and he you know, works in oil and gas, and um, they 
said they're all they're leaving. It's like they're not his company, but he was like, yeah, me and my crews are, you know, they're going someplace we're else. Going, we're going to Texas, like we're going to other states, like just because they're they're like, why would we wait for it to crash? Well, you know what? We a good now, a good friend of mine who is in the oil and gas business, uh, their little company, it's mm-hmm. it's probably a four or five five man and woman operation. Uh, they're pulling up stakes and they're moving to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it's beginning. I San Antonio is a huge one for that. It's beginning. It is so. beginning. So let's uh, let's jump through some of these other headlines here. Um, let's see. Representative uh, Garcia uh, says he wants to give the Public Utilities Commission more direction in protecting ratepayers. And um, or I guess it's Senate President Leroy Garcia, as he sponsors on leg- legislation, he wants to renew the commission. You know, I, I'm not real jazzed about all these unelected bureaucrats and these commissions. So we hear, have this one headline here mm-hmm. where um, down at the State House they're giving Excel free reign that's going to do something that's going to increase, increase our costs significantly. And then here out of the other side of their mouth they're saying we want to protect ratepayers. It, it's, it's really frustrating to well, see that. And we're, we're not surprised that they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. That's... You know, essentially what they do all the time. They say one thing to the public. I mean, we see this in elections and especially the last one that it was all, you know, oh, we're, we're here to, you know, make Colorado green and save the planet and, you know, do all these great things. And, you know, so people go, oh, OK, like we'll vote for you. And then this is kind of what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's crazy how stuff like this always hurts the people that they claim to you know, work the hardest for, which is lower income and, you know, poor communities well it create, I mean, that that's who it hurts it creates the haves and the have-nots mm-hmm. yeah that's what you're seeing play out in california and you're going to see this here so instead of the it's instead of the hard-working like you just mentioned your friend uh who's in the oil and gas business mm-hmm. these are these are hard-working everyday uh people and they're pulling up stakes and leaving so what yeah. you're going to have is you're going to have the haves and that's going to be the bureaucrats it's not going to be the people that have created jobs and are successful it's going to be the bureaucrats and the politicians mm-hmm. and uh they create all of these um you know these different uh rules and regulations cost a lot of money as, as the money goes by they take their cut mm-hmm. and that but it still makes it more expensive for everyday people and it pushes them down so then you have the haves and the have nots yeah i mean it's that's what they want i think that is, I think that is what yeah. they want ultimately. It's is. more controlling because if you're if you're desperate for you know energy for oil for gas to light your home, you know all of that. If you're desperate for that, like, you'll you'll do whatever they want. You'll vote for them, thinking that they're going to help you. Well, and that's why our shows are so important is that we continue to shed light on what is actually really happening. Uh, we're going to just get to the third headline. I think. Well, maybe we'll get through the three and four on this on the state level. Um, down at the state house, they're considering a law that, that would allow uh, um, municipalities to implement rent control. Uh, Cassie, once again, we are having um, well, we're having uh, this housing crisis, if you will. That's what they want to call it. It's because of public policy. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, then now they want to come in and have more public policy on that. Let's, you know, we need to get rid of regulations. We need to get, to get rid of uh, subsidizing yeah. things. And we need to let the free market work on that. And let's try to get through this last one on the, oh, on the state level. Steamboat City Council. They have uh, implemented a 20-cent fee on, uh, on, on um, plastic bags and on paper mm. bags. And this is not the proper role of government. And once again, you're hardworking people. 
you know, they're the ones that go to the store and now they want to tax them for getting their groceries or, 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 or buying something to make their lives better. They want to implement a fee. And of course, your businesses are the ones that have to administer that. Yeah. And so it increases their costs. And, uh, and then, you know, they're, you know, they're doing this under the guise of trying to protect the planet. Well, uh, because then they can say that they are. But, you know, and if you take out for a second that, you know, the, the trash that America produces and, you know, actually goes into the ocean, if that's your goal. I mean, forget that we live in Colorado, which is like nowhere near an ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the amount of trash that America is producing that goes in, I mean, it's tiny. It's a very, very tiny amount. So it's, I mean, not that it's useless, but it's like, why, like you said, it's not the proper role of government, you know, and why are we, um, you know, this is an issue that is my generation's problem more than yours. And we talked about this on Rush to Reason, how, um, you know, I don't want to say older because you're not that old at all, but <laughs> <laughs> born before I was, yes. but you know, you guys reused a lot. You did. You didn't have you know plastic bags that you know buy the dozens and dozens in your closets that people have now. Well, and you can we don't re- realize can, that. Yeah, and you can recycle. <clears throat> you can recycle those bags. Yes, you can. And the other thing that's so amazing. And to you me, should though, do it because you want to. Absolutely. And but the other thing is, is think of all the different uses that people have for those plastic bags. Yeah, people. I mean, your little trash bags, you know. Yeah, for your or bathroom, if, if you're, your dog, your dog. You know. Yeah, that's a huge one. And so now, now they're charging a fee for that. But yet, then you're seeing cities like my town. Then they have you know the little uh, kiosks with the plastic bags uh, for when people are walking their dogs. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna you know, charge a fee over here and then they're going to use public resources to buy plastic bags for people yeah. for their dogs. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me. So people are going to go start getting those plastic bags and using those for their grocery. <laughs> you know what? You're right. People are entrepreneurs. That's yep. for sure. Speaking of entrepreneurs, um, before we go to break and we'll be talking with uh, Suzanne uh, Steyert, who is a former deputy um, secretary of state. We're going to be talking about this really bad boy, the Senate bill, 19232. But before we do that, uh, you know, it is sports season. It yes, is the it is. NHL playoffs, the NBA, NBA playoffs start. The Rockies are are uh, underway. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. Hooters is the place to watch all the games. Wednesday is wing day. All the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine, And the smoked wings, Cassie, are delicious. And they're half the calories. All right. And uh, so you can have uh, Hooters wings delivered right to your front doorstep. When I have the girls over on Wednesday nights, that's what we do. And the girls love them. So you can have your Hooters wings to go. You can have them delivered right to your front door. Or you can watch the game at Hooters. More information, visit Hooters. Colorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We're going to go to break. I have in studio with me marvelous millennial Cassie George. When we come back, we'll be talking with Suzanne Steyer. You will not want to miss it. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. 
Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as uh, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Offering you a conservatarian perspective, be sure and sign up for my emails, americhicks.com forward slash Kim. Uh, We're going to have a big announcement this weekend, and my website is americhicks.com. I appreciate you liking and following me on Facebook and Twitter. Thrilled to have in studio with me, Cassie George, Marvelous Millennial, co-host and producer of uh, Rush to Reason, which is on in the afternoon here on KLC 560. Yep, every day from 3 to 7 with John Rush and Dan Muir. We have a great time. You do have a great time, that's for sure. So we're going to jump in here, though. There is something very important. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff happening down at the State House. There's there's the the these bills that create a lot of emotion. You know, there's the red flag bill mm-hmm. and there's the vaccination bill. There's the sex ed bill. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Um, there's a couple that are under the radar. They're not they don't create as much emotion, but they're really important. And I think they're really dangerous. We talked about Senate Bill 235 yesterday, which is the forced voter registration of when you get your driver's license or if you sign up for Medicaid. I mean, it's it's astonishing. I think it's probably highly illegal. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about Senate Bill 19232. Suzanne Steyer, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Thank you. And uh, this is one that probably is under the radar for a lot of people, this uh, Senate Bill 232. it's uh, They're calling it Concerning the Codification of the rules of the Secretary of State addressing the procedures for the enforcement of state laws governing campaign finance. Uh, Suzanne, I've read this. I really recommend that people read this. I used to think that reading legislation was above my pay grade, uh, but I realized that that we need to know what we're talking about. And when you're conversing with somebody and you can say, I actually read that legislation, it creates a lot of credibility. And, uh, Cassie, I think that you, you, you read that yesterday as well, this uh, 232. But, Suzanne, why are you so concerned about it? Well, I'm concerned about it because they are trying to get all of campaign finance um, enforcement, um, the adjudication, the investigation, everything under the umbrella of the Secretary of State's office. And, and that's never been the way that it is. It's always been... Um, private enforcement. There have been administrative law judges. Uh, I mean, there was a a process that removed the discretion of the Secretary of State out of the office, and that was always done for a very specific reason for years and years to make sure that it wasn't enforced in a partisan way. And now they are sweeping everything into an office that has shown itself to be very partisan. 
Well, it looks to me, and, and I know that you're the former Deputy uh, Secretary of State, but it looks to me, Suzanne, uh-huh. like it is gonna be, it's going to allow the Secretary of State to weaponize that office against political uh, opponents, and I think it could also be used against, um, you know, center-right leaning um, nonprofits, C3s and C4s. Yeah, I mean, in the bill, they're trying to give themselves an additional um, thing, which is what they call audits. And they try to, you know, make it all seem very neutral, and we're not really doing anything. We're just codifying some rules that were already there. Well, that's just absolutely not true. I mean, they are giving themselves the authority to audit, which we all know means the authority to start issuing subpoenas. And those are going to be issued, you know, IRS style or the way we've seen attorney general's office weaponized, uh, they're going to be issued to nonprofits that they're not aligned with for the purpose of harassing nonprofits and their donors. And it's a very scary thing. And, you know, in the past, we've tried to run bills when I was at the secretary's office that would set up a committee um, of like two Republicans and two Democrats that would sort of, uh, field complaints and appoint hearing officers, and that's how the Federal Elections Commission does it. And they used to come and testify all the time, you know, as early as 2016. Oh, we can't do that because that will politicize the process, and we need to have all this independence. And now they take the office and they take, you know, the House and the Senate, and they're going to exponentially do, you know, political back and forth with with groups they don't believe with. I, I mean, it's just hypocrisy. It's it's scary. I think that they must believe they're going to keep all these offices forever and ever. And the best way to do that is to, you know, run laws like these that make it hard for anyone else to win. Because you can push everybody else out of the process by investigating them and, and burning their money and scaring their donors. And, and that's where they're headed. I, Suzanne, as I have learned more and more about what's going on here in Colorado and and also, you know, what is is been going on nationally. I mean, I I think I think that um, the radical we're now calling them regressive um, activists that have taken over the Democrat Party. This is no longer the Democrat Party of your grandparents. This is no longer the Democrat Party of JFK. This is a whole new thing where, you know, they're interested in weaponizing and taking their power and weaponizing it against political uh, opponents. And um, I think that they are trying to ensure that uh, that they will never lose an election again here in Colorado. I I mean, they're playing long ball. And I don't know that uh, that conservatarians or conservatives or libertarians understand what's really happening here but these folks are playing long ball i think yeah i mean there's just so much going on down at the capitol right now and you know your introduction was right and there's so much to focus on that you can run a bill like this that is really dangerous and there's not going to be that many people who are going to see what's happening Mm -hmm. and you know it was supposed to be heard last week and then there was a storm and they canceled it but yeah i mean there were like two of us waiting to testify against the bill and in a room full of people waiting to testify about rent control. And so, you know, you had to get in line behind the rent control, which is, of course, this huge issue. 
Yeah, and and we know that whole game as well. I've been down to testify, and it's really difficult for everyday people to go down and dif- uh, and testify. I because you have jobs, you have families, and and then uh, when again these radical regressive activists who've taken over the Democrat Party, they also uh, kind of play politics on that. If they know that you're there to testify against something that they're supporting, they may make you sit there for six hours, seven hours before you actually get to testify. Then they give you three minutes. And it's um, and, and I've seen them be very disrespectful to everyday people if, uh, you know, people are, are testifying against, against a bill that they're supporting. And what are we going to do, Suzanne? Um, and let me just ask you, is there a chance that you could... Stay through the break. Um, I think Cassie and I probably have a couple more mm-hmm. questions for you. Is that a possibility? Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. I think that we're going to do that. And I want you to think about the, the answer. What can we do about this? Uh, and so let's, uh, let's go to Jason McBride. Speaking of what can we do about all kinds of things, Jason McBride, it's Friday. It is. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> yeah, we made it. And uh, you're with uh, Presidential Wealth Management. You uh, can help people with their nest eggs. Um, but we had had you. You were a co-host. Cassie George is my co-host today. You were in on Wednesday, and one of our listeners had asked a question about Herman Cain and Stephen Moore being on the Fed. Now, since that question was asked, there's all kinds of politics going on right now, and it looks like uh, some of the GOP. Um, senators are indicating they would not support Herman Cain for being on the Fed. You know, what do you think about it, Jason? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, absolutely, I don't think either one of them should be on the Fed uh, because I Googled it, and the first uh, major article that came up said Chuck Schumer says Stephen Moore and Herman Cain would not be a good fit for the Fed's mission. And if it's on Google, it must be true. Are you doing a little tongue-in-cheek there, Jason McBride? Oh, and yeah. It's, uh, yeah. If, if you can't uh, pick up on it, uh, you must be blind because I'm laying it on pretty thick. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so interesting to me because I was looking at these articles as well. And I think that you mentioned it the other day that under Obama, the Fed had only raised interest rates once. Right. But, but under uh, Trump... The Fed has raised them eight times. Now, it's, it seems that these GOP uh, senators that say they would not support Herman Cain are saying that they don't want the Fed to be politicized. But I think the Fed has, uh, has been politicized. It truly was politicized under Obama because you can see what they did regarding interest rates uh, and uh, you know, keeping, keeping interest rates so low. Well, let me make a, a quick comment on Kane and Moore, and then I'll, I'll make a quick comment on that. Uh, first, I see no problem with either one of them being on there. Herman Kane already has experience with being on the Fed. He was on the Kansas City Fed from 1989 to 96. Uh, he's obviously got some street smarts, too. He's been a businessman. I think it's it's wise to have... Uh, people that have actually been in the real world on the Federal Reserve. Uh, Stephen Moore is a, a really uh, good author. But I can understand why, of course, the, the Democrats don't want either one of them, because uh, they're either pro-Trump, or at least they're not Trump haters. 
But I would say uh, you want the Fed to be in line with what the president is trying to do, at least, Kim. I don't see where it does any good to have the Fed going completely against uh, the president's policies, because then you just end up with a big mess. So I'm, I'm all for both of them. Okay. And interestingly enough, the four uh, Republicans that are saying that they would not support Herman Cain and Stephen Moore is North Dakota Republican Senator Kevin Kramer, joining Senators Lisa Murkowski. Surprise. Cory Gardner. Oh, big surprise. And Mitt Romney. Oh, what a surprise. So uh, anyway, so you say that you would support both of those guys then? I I absolutely would. Um, I I see nothing wrong with either one of those picks. Uh, You know, I think both of them would do just fine. And uh, again, you know, there's no reason that the Fed shouldn't at least understand the president's policies and and try to work with him instead of against him. I mean, who do they want uh, President Trump to nominate? Somebody who's publicly said they disagree with everything he's trying to do and will use the Fed to stop it? Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, before the Democrats took over the the House of Representatives, we were looking at a potential 4% GDP, and they do not want a successful economy because if they do, Donald Trump will be reelected. And um, but a good economy is good for everyday hardworking people. And uh, so, you know, it kind of defies reason on some of this. So now a couple of things, Jason, I know you do a uh, like a weekly podcast, don't you? That's correct. And you can find that via chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And I know that you and the fine folks over at uh, Presidential are, you know, will sit down and help people take a look at their their nest eggs. Do you, uh, what's this week's going to be? Do you know? You want to have a teaser? Um, Actually, we discussed uh, a couple of the same things you and I talked about earlier this week, the podcast this week. Uh, talks about is this really one of the longest bear markets in history and uh, you know we go into a little bit more d it's a short one this week though it's only about 17 minutes okay so be sure and check that out at chickspresidential.com that's chickspresidential.com jason have a great weekend and we will talk to you on monday morning all right thank you kim okay we're gonna go to break cassie george is in studio with me she is the co-host and producer of rush to reason which is on klz in the afternoon we have on the line with us and we want to talk with her some more and that is suzanne steyert she is the former deputy secretary of state here in colorado and there's something very dangerous happening happening down at the state house we'll be right back You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. 
Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation offering you a conservatarian perspective. Be sure and sign up for my emails at americhicks.com forward slash Kim and uh, like me on Facebook and Twitter as well. I am the Americhicks there. Have in studio with me uh, Cassie George. I like to refer to her as a marvelous millennial. Thank you. And you are uh, the co-host and mm-hmm. uh, producer of Rush to Reason, which is on in the afternoon right here on KLC 560. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. And we have Suzanne Steyert on the line with us. She is the former Deputy uh, Secretary of State right here in Colorado. Uh, I'm very concerned about the Senate Bill 19-232. I believe that it will uh, allow the Secretary of State to Jenna Griswold to weaponize that office against uh, political opponents and uh, C3s and C4s, nonprofits, uh, that she may not like. But, Cassie, you had a question for Suzanne. Yeah, so I kind of have two, but the first one just talking about nonprofits in in general. So that so they want to go after, if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, anyone who kind of opposes their agenda. And nonprofits are really vulnerable. I mean, they, I mean, for the most part, like they, you know, don't have a lot of funds, you know, for lawyers and things like that. Um, but uh, let's say you're a nonprofit that maybe. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of some in the Denver area, but you know, you have some that are definitely more conservative and Christian. And so would they just, I mean, they would just go after those ones. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the way they're going to do it, they have another bill running after this that has to do with, um, you know, spending by nonprofits in elections. Mm -hmm. And it talks about if you, you know, have a certain amount that you spent and it was earmarked by a donor, then you have to release your donors. Um, so they can just pick a nonprofit and say, hey, you played in an election, and we want to see your books, mm-hmm. and we want to see your donors, and we want to see whether, you know, your major purpose is politics or whether you had earmarked funds or whatever. And if you go after a nonprofit, like you said, that's, that's really sophisticated, maybe they do or maybe they don't have money to pay an attorney, but likely eventually you just shut down because mm-hmm. – you know, it's not worth the time. And we've seen that, and it's not worth the money. And we've seen that in just what she's done since she got in office, because there have been two, there have been complaints filed uh, since she got in office, four of them, two against members of the Senate, um, Tammy Story and um, Faith Winter, for using a conduit, uh, Act Blue, um, to raise money. And that was dismissed. And there was another one filed against uh, um Progress Now and the Sergi Brin Foundation for funneling money into uh, the oil and gas initiative the last round. Mm -hmm. And it was $150,000 or something. And they were using Progress Now as a conduit because Sergi Brin Foundation is a nonprofit that's not allowed to have a major purpose because they're tax exempt. Um, And that one got dismissed, too. And the only thing that's currently pending in the office is a complaint that was filed by one of the Democrat go-to attorneys against an unaffiliated candidate who ran up in, I think, the Broomfield area. So this poor unaffiliated candidate, who probably had no money, has been in like a six-month tangle over campaign finance. And the message is clear. Don't run again. Don't Mm. speak. You know, don't come out. We don't want to hear what you have to say. And if you try again... This is what will happen to you. And so I'm sure this, you know, unaffiliated candidate will probably never have anything to do with politics again. Mm-hmm. And and these big groups that she agrees with that benefit her are just going to take a walk. And in one of the complaints or two of the complaints that were filed, um, she was asked to recuse herself because she benefited from 
the money. And in both of the cases, she sent back an opinion that said, oh, I don't have to because my elections division is nonpartisan. I mean, what? Hmm. (laughs) What are you talking about? You can't just declare yourself nonpartisan. Of course you're not. I mean, anybody who watches you can see that you're not part. You you are a very partisan person. So, I mean, it's just to think that anything is going to happen except what we think is going to happen is completely naive. Okay, Suzanne, what do we do about this? So I think that we can take some lessons from um, what's going on with um, the national popular vote. Mm-hmm. So this was one that they didn't put a, you know, a safety, the safety clause. On. Safety clause, right? So it's, they're running initiatives. Well, you know, they're doing pretty well with their grassroots efforts, and they're not paying petition circulators. And instead, what they're doing is they're taking to social media and saying, "Hey, you know, we're going to be at this location on this day. Uh, come down and sign the petition." I mean, I think we probably take a lesson from that and see that, you know what, grassroots might work to circulate petitions. And maybe we don't need a million dollars to pay a petition entity to get our issue on the ballot. I mean, maybe what needs to happen over the summer is we all need to get together and figure out what we need to unwind and have a packet of eight or ten questions. And now, you know, I'm going to be at this location, come sign my eight or ten petitions. And just try to, you know, get on the 2020 ballot and pack it full of stuff that, that needs to be repealed. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what else to do because you can't stop it in the legislature. We can try to draw attention to it and, mm-hmm. you know, um, see the package and what they're doing to Colorado. But I don't know that there's any stopping it. I mean, luckily, some stuff's going to start to die on the calendar because there's only a couple weeks left and they're still introducing bills. So, you know, thank goodness for bob gardner and the filibuster um but okay. you know, other than that there's not much we can do okay well suzanne um let's stay in touch um and uh, let's figure out because we we need to we need to take a stand on this so let's stay in touch thank you for shedding light on that and uh cassie any other questions on that i think i think we pretty well understand this is yeah. pretty pretty bad stuff so suzanne start thank you so much sure, sure. okay thanks for having me bye Okay, and uh, let's run through just a few more of these headlines on the national level, okay? And uh, it looks like, uh, first of all, from no crisis to breaking point, the mainstream media is finally starting to admit that there is a border crisis and an illegal immigration surge. Good. Yeah, it's about time. I mean, you you could see it clearly. If you go back far enough, you can see that, you know, the mainstream media called it a crisis. You know, those were their words. That this is an emergency situation, you know, you have kids in cages and, you know, all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And then the second that Trump said, well, we have a crisis and we need to do something, they were like, what crisis? Where? We don't see it. And it, it, truly, <laughs> it truly is a crisis. Interesting. I had some friends that uh, had uh, flown through Miami mm-hmm. uh, from France that had come into town, and they said that they found it really interesting that in the Miami airport, they did not hear English being spoken at all. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was kind of... Kind of, kind of eye-opening, if yeah. you will. Yeah, and you know, I've we've kind of had this debate on, on Rush to Reason, but uh, you know, and I've said, you know, there's nothing wrong with speaking another language. There's nothing wrong with coming here from, you know, somewhere else. Like we're all from somewhere else. But, um, but you know, having traveled and gone to other countries myself, if you're going and you're saying, well, you know, I'm an American, you know, and I'm, you know, in France or something, which you know, I've been to Paris, and you're not trying to get them to speak your language and you're not refusing to 
you know, adopt their traditions. You're coming in and going, how can I learn? How do I, you know, be a part of this? Mm -hmm. So when we have people coming in that are, you know, refusing to learn a new language or, you know, just kind of making no effort, making no effort and collectively, like, I mean, America is not super collective. I mean, we're not collectivistic. We're far more individualistic, but we have these collectivistic cultures coming in and just kind of taking over these areas and going, well, you know, this is how it is here. They're not becoming American. No, they're not. And that is in the Great Migration in, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s, people came here and they became American. And and America is the only only country where you can come from someplace else and become American. If you mm-hmm. and I move to France, we do not become no. French women. No. But, but or if we go it's to a Italian, very long, hard process yeah. anywhere, anywhere. Right. But we never do. Canada. Yeah. But but this is the only place where you can come here and you can be an American because America is based on an ideology. Mm-hmm. And this is this is very troubling that people want to come here. They see that there's something really good here. They want to come here. You don't see people storming, storming the, the border down in Venezuela to try to get in there. No. You don't see people getting in boats or trying to get to, yeah. to Cuba. But so people are trying to get here because there's something really good here. And it is because of the American idea. It's not perfect, but it's because it's a it's a really good idea. Well, because we have not done what everybody else has done. And I think that's what the that's what the left like doesn't realize. Like we're America because we did not go communist. We, you know, we did not try socialism. Like that's why America is great, because we were built on something totally different and it worked. I it, mean, how did we get to be? I mean, how did we get to the point where people are, you know, clamoring and crawling to get over here? Because we didn't do those things. It's because of the American idea, the value of this individual of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And we see right here in Colorado with this weaponizing of the uh, Secretary of State's office. That that has no regard for, you know, uh, kicking around different ideas. This is all about power. And it's very, very scary. We're going to go to break. When we come back, you know, one of the other headlines is Julian Assange mm-hmm. was arrested yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the hypocrisy of what is going on out there is astounding. And so uh, let's go to break. When we come back, I know Steve has a soundbite that we want to listen to. And let's unpack that just a little bit. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. And I have Cassie George in studio as my guest chick. And we will be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. 
agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. I have to tell you, Steve, Charlie putting this music together, we were talking about it yesterday. He said, sometimes when you come back, you just go, oh, and that was one of those. It's like, oh, I, I love the stuff he's doing. It's just great stuff. So anyway, thank you to Charlie for, for doing all that. Let's, uh, let's get into this, though, uh, regarding Julian Assange. There is a whole bunch of hypocrisy that's going on out there. As, uh, as you know, Julian Assange was arrested yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're saying that he assisted, I think, what, in computer intrusion and, and WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks and all that. And uh, Hillary Clinton uh, was weighing in on this. Uh, Steve, what did Hillary Clinton have to say? And look, I, I'll wait and see uh, what happens with the charges and how uh, it proceeds. But, you know, he, he skipped bail in the U.K. You know, Sweden had those charges which have been dropped um, in uh, the last several years. But the bottom line is uh, he has to answer for what he ha- is, has done, at least as it's been charged. One thought, Hillary. You first. Yep. <laughs> if somebody has to answer for something that they've done, you're at the head of the line. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a whole bunch of hypocrisy here. Now, supposedly, it didn't uh, they think that uh, Chelsea Manning or, um, you know, what, what her name was when she was a he, uh, was working with WikiLeaks and was, was part of what got, got all this information out there. Am I rem- remembering that correctly? Do you guys remember for sure? And I, I think that that was the case. And um, one thing I want to make sure that you remember is that President Obama commuted uh, Chelsea Manning's um, um, sentence. So I think that's important to remember. And then Hillary Clinton, you know, had all those emails that disappeared. She had that server that was in basically a closet here in America or in, in Colorado. And then all of those computers were smashed with, with uh, hammers, and bleach was thrown on those. And here she is acting so self-righteous about Julian Assange. I find it absolutely astonishing. What do you think, uh, Cassie? Yeah, well, I was just looking at the Chelsea Manning thing. Um, and so Chelsea Manning was, you know, she contacted WikiLeaks, and that was Julian Assange's organization, and uh, leaked all the classified documents. So um, kind of a terrible thing to do. So... Um, but I mean, Hillary, I mean, we all say it all the time. Hillary should be in jail and she should, because here's the thing. If she was a, if she was a Republican, she'd be in jail. You really think so? I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, she'd at least right now be in a very lengthy legal investigation. 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 Yeah. 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 Maybe not jail yet, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't be, you know, talking about how somebody else did pretty much the same thing she did and you know and how how she's totally innocent she won't be strutting around in public yeah and and doing these i mean she's literally things yeah she's in public pretty much i mean just saying how terrible it is that he could do this and you know we'll see what happens and and yeah and then how many people are going wait a minute you did the same thing yeah or worse or Or worse worse. yeah in terms of national security Worse. worse well i think um I, I think that something is going to start to happen. I find it interesting that Assange was kicked out of the Ecuadorian 
uh, embassy. I guess it was because there's the the new Ecuadorian uh, president is why that happened. But I I just get this feeling that something big is going to happen mm-hmm. when Attorney General William Barr, you know, said a couple of days ago that there definitely was spying on the Trump campaign. And I I know a lot of people think that. Uh, it was really awful about WikiLeaks, um, you know, getting all this information. But there was bad stuff going on. Yeah. The stuff that they brought forward was bad stuff. And uh, the American people, we, you know, we, we, have, we have this idea that our government is there to that work for us. Yeah. And we're, that's our big mistake. That is our big mistake. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think that we've gotten lazy, uh, Cassie. I don't think that... I mean, I think your generation is waking up and really starting to pay attention. I think my generation has gotten lazy. Mm-hmm. I think that we have not been vigilant on the people that we have been electing to office. We've not been vigilant on, uh, you know, holding people accountable. And so there was bad stuff that was going on. And WikiLeaks, I mean, it's pretty complicated. But I think some of that stuff, I think we should have, I think that there should have been a, um Information should have been um, presented on that. Uh, and so for Hillary Clinton to act so self-righteous about Julian Assange when in essence it looks like she was you know she was um you know working with the Russians there was I, I think there was a donation to the Clinton Foundation for over 140 million dollars mm-hmm. at about the same time that uh, she was Secretary of State and 20 percent of the U.S. uranium then came under Russian control mm-hmm. so that looks like there was collusion there um yeah. you know they destroyed those computers I just can't I'm just shocked, and I know, Steve, I know you were really frustrated when I came in this morning at just kind of the hypocrisy that you saw with Hillary Clinton in that particular uh, soundbite. She was Bill's wife, you know, long before he came on the national scene. But she came on the national scene when he ran for president in 92. And from that day, or for those days on, I've had a hard time dealing with both her audacity well, her audacity, I guess, is, is I guess the, the one thing that comes out in my mind. I even ran to the dictionary and said, make sure I know what audacity means. And it's effrontery or insolence, shameless boldness. Mm-hmm. How can she possibly sit there? And, and you've seen the audio, or the, I'm sorry, the video that I pulled that mm-hmm. audio from. The look on her face was this. You know, it was a bit smug. It was a bit smug. smug. Yeah, yeah. Looking down mm-hmm. my nose. Well, yeah. You know, he needs to answer to this. Yeah. Well, uh, stay tuned. This is going to get real interesting. I had two other questions, Cassie, and we're going to be out of time before I realized Mm -hmm. it, that um, I wanted to chat with you about. First thing, I had to do an airport run yesterday. A friend of mine flew in, and um, I picked her up and took took her, um, you know, to her destination. And in front of me at the airport, there was a red Tesla. And uh, I get frustrated with Teslas because I know that that person received a a total of $12,500 off of their tax bill, off of their income tax bill. For buying a Tesla. Because they bought a Tesla. And then we see all of this money that's going towards charging stations. And, you know, these cars don't pay any gas tax, so they're not generating any revenue for our roads. And so I get really frustrated because I think that they're they're free riding on the rest of us. They're they're free riding on that that hardworking guy that has a pickup, you know, and he's building his business. So I get frustrated. So again, just know anybody that is driving a Tesla around, uh, they actually got twelve thousand five hundred dollars shaved off of their income taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, seventy five hundred from the feds and five thousand here in Colorado. So just realize that. 
So the rest yeah. of us are paying our taxes, but they're not having to pay theirs. Yeah, but yeah, they still get to drive on the roads. And they still Fine, get to drive on the roads. Fine, don't pay the gas tax, but then don't drive on the roads. Yeah. Figure it out. So that's the first thing. Yeah. But their license plate said, why work? That, I was so offended, and that triggered me. I tell you, yeah. that triggered me. I was so offended, and I was triggered. I'm like, I would be offended, too. Yeah. I mean, anyone who is working, working is offended. Anyone who's working is offended. And how do you pay for stuff if you don't work? I don't understand I don't, that. I have no idea. Did you see what age the driver was? No, I didn't. Yeah, I did not they were see younger, that. Maybe older. Yeah. Hmm. So, so you would be offended as well. You're saying, yeah, that? I think that's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's a stupid thing to put on a license plate anyway. Um, I mean, you pay more for that, so I mean, you're kind of dumb anyway. But uh, but now they have more money because you know they didn't pay as much on their taxes. There, so. that that's how they could get the vanity <laughs> so they plate. could you know, get the vanity that's plate. How they but could get the you know, plate. I mean, it's just I mean that doesn't sound like. You know, anyone I'd, I'd go, wow, that, that's who I want to be friends with right there. Right, <laughs> right. That's who I want to be. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to ask you, we got just a few minutes, and that is six, 16-year-olds to vote. You know, we continue mm-hmm. to see this being you know, danced around yeah. in the legislature and, you know, different city council. What do you think about that? Yeah, so, you know, and the whole thing is, you know, 16-year-olds, you know, they're, they're marching for climate change. Oh, you know, they're doing things like we should allow them to vote. They get their license at 16. Why can't they vote at 16? And, you know, this is just a huge play by the left to get more voters because they know that, you know, so this is kind of the generation uh, after mine, and they know that they're uninformed. They can't. You know, they're, I mean, I think of myself at 16. I mean, the fact that I survived learning how to drive a car is a miracle, mm-hmm. uh, let alone voting. So, you know, I, I do not think this is a good idea. Um, like I said, I think this is just a way for the left to get more voters. And this goes right in with, you know, allowing illegals to vote because they know that they'll vote Democrat. They know that 16 year olds will vote Democrat and they will vote on feeling. And they know that, you know, they're passionate about climate change and all these sorts of things. And, and, I mean, that's the face of the Democrat Party. So they know that if they can go, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to allow you to vote. Okay, they just got, you know, well, millions been, of new voters. And they've been indoctrinating these kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And, In the school systems and, and teaching them that the government is your friend. You know, here, we'll pay for your college if you vote for us. You know, we're going to give you, you know, yeah, subsidies off of your car and all these sorts of things. If you, you know, we're going to be your friend. The government's not your friend. Well, and I think we need to be consistent. There has to be an age which is adulthood. Yeah, and the fact that we have like 16 for drivers, 18 for legal adult, 21 for drinking. I, yeah. mean, it's, I, I think that whatever that age is, so yeah. if, if we're going to give 16-year-olds the right to vote, mm-hmm. uh, then I think that um, at, that, at that age they could be drafted. If in fact, yeah, yeah, do we just make them legal adults at yeah, that age? Is, do we lower the drinking yeah. age to sixteen? Then I mean, we lower the drinking yeah. age to sixteen. Yeah. So whatever that age is, then that is quote unquote adulthood. Mm-hmm. And uh, although, you know, I actually think that the sixteen-year-olds of today, the eighteen-year-olds, maybe even the twenty-one-year-olds, are are not as mature as as no. they have it. Let, let, let me put it this way: they have not had the life experiences. Mm-hmm. Of uh, say the World War II generation. Yeah, no, and maybe and maybe there's a few that are an exception to that, but by and large, the majority, uh, they they've not had the experience, um, and we've kind of always we've kind of been pushing this age of adulthood further and further and further back. Where now you have you know twenty four year olds and 
you know, I'm 25, but, you know, 20, 23, 24, 25 year olds who, you know, they haven't are, even had a job yet. They haven't had a job. They, they live super close to their parents. Maybe. I mean, I, I moved out and moved thousands of miles away by the time I was 19. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, there, there isn't that initiative to go, I'm an adult now. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to make these hard decisions. It's well, you know, well, we'll see. And, you know, I'm yeah. just going to kind of rely on my parents. And so maybe you have to have, you know, these constant crises of identity when it's like just, Go out, work. You know. Maybe you have to have your first job before you can vote. I mean, yeah, you, you yeah pay to, taxes. If you're not paying taxes, why are you voting? If you're not paying taxes, yeah. that's a good point. So, Cassie George, thank you so much for joining me. And thank people will can, they will hear you this afternoon, right? Yes. What Rush time? To Reason, John Rush. We actually have Andy Pate coming on today to talk movie oh, reviews. Great. Yeah, we've got some fun stuff. So it's uh, we're starting at three in the afternoon on KLZ. So, well, it's great having you here. Will you thank come you. back? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we were going to talk about the Communist Manifesto, but there were okay. so many other things that we had to talk about. So thanks so much for being here. Our quote for today, you know, Maggie Thatcher, she was a, she was not a really big woman, but she, uh, she was a, a big, big heart. Yeah, yep. big woman. She said, if it is once again one against 48, then I am very sorry for the 48. Yep. That's Maggie Thatcher. So. Uh, Today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChick signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.